The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, today I am so thrilled because we have two amazing women that are going to talk to us about women over 70 and all of the wonderful things that these women are doing in the world. And I think it's time that we really honor people who are out there doing things that they're not letting a number rule what they can do in their lives. And, and I join them with um, a lot of excitement as well, that we have this energy and this woman uh, movement that's going on. So first of all, I have here with me um, Gail Zielinski. And Gail comes from Chicago, which is my where I was born, my hometown. And Gail is amazing. She has a professional career that spans more than 40 years. Um, she has been an entrepreneur and previous owner of two multi-million dollar companies. And I know she's amazing. Her amazing son has taught me with Blaster Mind, and he just thinks she walks on water. So you always know that if a son thinks that their mom walks on water, that they do. And then we have um, Catherine, and Catherine um, is, is her name is um, Marino. I said it right. And she also, she comes from Oak Park, which was where I grew up and went to high school. And she's in the Chicago area as well. And she's been listening to women and helping them to grow and coaching them for over 50 years. And um, she, both of them are going to tell more about their background because I think it's more fun if they can give the juicy stuff about their background. And then we're going to talk about their amazing podcast that they have, which is womenover70.com. You can learn more about it. So first of all, let's uh, start, Gail, with you. Tell us a little bit about... I know a little bit about your background. I think my audience will just be impressed. So give us a talk. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Mari, for having us on the show. We're really excited to be here and appreciate all that you're doing and what an amazing woman you yourself are. So, yeah. So our our my background is I, I really was an accidental entrepreneur. I was a, I got married very young. I stayed at home for 15 years while I raised three children. And one day my husband walked out. He left me with no money. 
Mm. And I had a child who was mentally challenged. And so I needed great flexibility. I started out to be a, uh, my career was started out to be in education. I I really wanted to study children's literature. And, but I couldn't go back to that. And so I'm very resilient. And I decided that uh, my father offered me a job in his company and that I would take it. And so I began to work for him. Now fathers and daughters working together is very interesting, of course, (laughs) just to begin with. But uh, our company was Foremost Sales Promotions, Inc. We franchised Foremost Liquor Stores. Our motto was pay less, get more at your Foremost Liquor Store. (laughs) And I worked with franchisees, uh, all of our independent liquor store owners who most of them were immigrants. And they came from countries, you know, they left their countries so that their children could have better lives. And they came here and I got to know them uh, from Greece, from Pakistan, from Iran, from, from uh, all over, wow. all over the world. And, and so I felt very lucky. I, I learned to work with all different kinds of ethnicities And really, it was a form of teaching, helping these franchises learn how to operate a retail store in a way that was very effective and could help them grow. Uh, My father was very creative in that he, he put this whole idea together long before there was any franchising at all. And he said, if we're going to compete against the big box chains that are coming in, the Walgreens and the Jewels that were carrying liquor, we were going to have to do something. And so he put together 11 stores. They were amazing. They gave up their names, that what their stores were, and they called themselves Foremost Liquor Stores. So I remember was, foremost liquor stores back then. Wow. Right. There were some in California where you are now, and there were uh, lots in, in Chicago. And in fact, we, we had about 300 all over the country. Huh. And then Steve, you mentioned Steve, my son, yeah. how we met. He started to work for me about uh, four years before we sold. And when we sold formal sales promotions, we, he and I, got together to start Foremost Liquor by Wire. To, I'm sorry, to start like, Liquor online. by Wire. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that was also very creative because we were an international gift delivery service for alcohol beverages. And we, you know, we morphed into becoming liquor.com. And we were one of the first 500 e-merchants online and we had quite the time. Uh, so, you know, it was quite the experience. Very as, innovative. Yes. Yeah. Innovative. You basically started coaching when you were coaching the franchisees to become better at what they were doing. So you're absolutely right. You know, hindsight is a great thing. I didn't realize that's what I was doing then. <laughs> But you were learning, you had the tools and you had the skills and then you had the experience. That's right. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Catherine, how about you? Well, um, thank you also, Mari, for uh, involving us today. Uh, You mentioned the movement for women and and I've actually been involved in some version of women's movement since uh, I graduated from high school and 
went to the big city of uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, yeah. and um, uh, finished my undergraduate program there and started working in uh, experimental programs for um, non-traditional learners. That's what they were called then. So now we would call them adult learners or um, marginalized learners. But most of, the, most of the students that we served in this college program, uh, 75, 80% were women. And most of them were in their 30s, 40s, 50s, even older. And when I, so when I left the University of Minnesota and moved to Chicago, it was to work at DePaul University hmm. with uh, this, what was then the School for New Learning. And that, that school also serves uh, adult learners, again, the majority of whom are women. So I have always been uh, a mentor and teacher um, and these are individually designed programs. So I had very close relationships with the students. And I also taught uh, courses on women's issues the last 36 years, apparently. About. Yeah. Um, so that has really been my professional life uh, is working in the college settings, mature women learners. Um, and I've... Um, so then I also, when I retired from DePaul just in July, this past July. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. I, it was bittersweet, but thank yeah. you. I um, had been talking with Gail and I was really wanting to make sure that I would be involved in meaningful work in, yes. in uh, post DePaul. So that's where our, um, we've been very involved in the podcast. I've also been working with... Um, a colleague on um, uh, neuroscience and adult learning, and another colleague who's um, uh, been a practitioner in, in uh, integrative health for many, many years for women. And so we're working on a book on um, uh, integrative approaches for women, postmenopausal women. So what I'm you know, kind of putting together now is um, this portfolio around aging and women and learning and, and how all of those passions really intersect. Yeah, and it sounds like evolution too. It's, you know, all of us have, the three of us have a lot in common too. I mean, I'm, I'm very much into neuroscience and conflict management. Oh, oh. I've been doing, I've been taking courses and doing programs and webinars and I do my own training on that. So that's oh. what I like in that. And we're all into coaching so um, this is really something. I think what is amazing and wonderful is when I see women who just, you know, post-retirement or when we're supposed to retire, we're not. This is like a, a whole new revolution for us. Right. We're reignited. And I, and I think nowadays we realize that we can live to be 100 or more. And why should we waste these years, right? Right. Let's have fun with them, right? Yeah. So let's talk, I was listening to some of your podcasts and the women that, I mean, you have people who are in their 80s, 90s, 70s, whatever. Right. And uh, we were laughing about that 70 is the new 50, 90 is the new 70. <laughs> so, um, and who knows what it will be as we're, you know, we have stem cell research and we're doing all these new things and mindfulness and learning how to keep our brains young. And, um, and so that's a fabulous opportunity. So, so how is it that the two of you did this dog and pony show that you got together with women over 70? 
Well, what a start, Gail. Thank you. <laughs> the fact is that Catherine was my faculty mentor. I went to get my master's degree in applied professional studies late in life, very late in life. And so, uh, so she was my mentor. And I always say it was thanks to her that I finished. And she was just a great, great uh, role model for the kinds of things that I wanted to do. And, and so uh, after that, we became great friends. And we started to talk, as she said, about all of these projects that we were into. And um, one, of my, one of the things that I had wanted to do was to talk with 70 women over 70. And I was telling her about it one day. <laughs> and she said, well, that sounds interesting. <laughs> really? What did I know? <laughs> what did you know? <laughs> and that evolved into women over 70, aging reimagined. And that is what we are doing. We are talking to fabulous women. We're helping shatter the myth that, that uh, women become invisible as we age. I mean, look at the three of us, right? We are not <laughs> invisible and we are out there. That's right. Yeah, so that's what we're doing. That's how we got started. And and your son Steve Osher is is the absolute podcast king, right? Yes, yes, he is. He so, just um, podcast it's, magazine. It's kind of encourage you to make it into a podcast instead of just interviewing these women. Make it into a, a whole podcast. Well, I had been working with him by that time, and I knew that this is this had to be a podcast. Right, because if we could interview all these fabulous women, there were, there's so many other aspects to that that we can take. And, and really, our, our goal is to become the active voice of aging. Right, right. So when we think about our parents, you know, and I think about my mother, um, I think she was um, very different than a lot of the other mothers. I was a latchkey kid when other kids were going home to lunch with their moms, you know? Mm -hmm. She worked with my dad for years. She was an entrepreneur with him. And so I had that as my background. I didn't have a mom to, to show me that, I, you know, I should be home. So mm -hmm. I never really was. Even when my kids were little, I had au pairs. And I had a similar situation to you, Gail, when I, I put my ex-husband through medical school uh, for eight and a half years before we had any kids. And then... He started making a ton of money, and then he started having fun with his 22-year-old secretary. So um, that was kind of what happened to me. He left with, I had two little kids. And, mm -hmm. um, and so I had to be on my own, and I had just finished law school and um, had to really make my own way at that point in time. But mm -hmm. so I can relate to what you were talking about. So, you know, um, so are, are women different today uh, than, than our mothers were, so to speak. Um, hmm. My mother was an entrepreneur, though, you know, but I think she wasn't exactly maybe as um, maybe assertive as we are. Mm -hmm. What do you mm -hmm. think? I mean, what was your mom like for each of you? Well, I grew up on a, on a farm in western, west central Minnesota, so my mother was um, a farm wife, a partner in the farming business. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't think she ever saw herself that way. 
so uh, she was she was the homemaker. She um, she did everything. She worked in the field. She sewed our clothes. She canned. She was working from early morning till late at night. Uh, and and uh, and so over the years, I've come to really appreciate the role that she played in the the whole family and the farm business. But she didn't have much voice, really. She yeah. didn't have much voice. And it was clear that my father made the final decisions um, and she can, she would contribute, but she's not, um, she was more silent. Mm -hmm. And she, when I was about 14, she said to me, well, I've taught you everything I know. So you're kind of on your own. <laughs> oh my. I thought, well, I'm in trouble then. I'm in real trouble because <laughs> I may act like I know a lot, but I don't. Yeah. But doesn't it, sound like she was really the organizer of the family. I mean, mm -hmm. she kept it all together. She was a jack of all trades, whether yeah. she was working on the farm or she was making clothes or she was cooking or she was taking yeah. care of your dad and all the kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was, she was an entrepreneur of the family. She, she was, yeah, I, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's important that we look at women that way. Yes and give them their due, right? Because because when I went back to work, people thought, well, what did I know? I was I had been at home for, for 15 years raising children. So yeah. who was I? What were my capabilities? And I had to really earn my spot as someone who knew something and could, could make a difference. My mother was, um, well, here's a cute little story. My, my mother and father had very similar last names. My mother was Robin, R-O-B-B-I-N, and my father was Robins, R-O-B-I-N-S. Wow. So, a match so when, made in heaven. <laughs> a match made in heaven. So when she got married to him, she dropped a B and gained an S. <laughs> That's the story we grew up with all, all, all along. And then later, her sister married my father's brother. So we were a very close family. Yeah. My mother uh, was a banker originally, a hmm. uh, banker in a very loose sense. She was a cashier, and, and she tells the story. She told the story of how they used to say, here comes uh, Miss Robin, the, the, what is it? The Red Red Robin comes, ba, ba, bobbing along, along. Yeah, yeah, that song, yeah. <laughs> and here she is. And she, so she worked a little bit. She had a hard time having children. Mm. And so I'm very lucky to have been born. Mm. And she, after a bit, she had to stay home a lot in order to try to get pregnant, to hold a pregnancy. Yeah. And and so I do have a brother, but she lost uh, three, four children in between mm. us. Oh, children in between us, and she lost a, another daughter. Yeah, uh, very very soon after the child was born. Anyway, she uh, but she worked for my father a lot, and she was his office manager, and she did a lot of work in the office with him. And I always felt like she was the one who he listened to. And that she had a, a lot to say about what, what, how, the, how the business uh, grew, and and he was she was a good sounding board for him. So um, 
yeah, but uh, mostly after he got a little more successful, then she was able to stay home. Mm -hmm. And so she was a stay-at-home mom all, all those years. Yeah. I was thinking about the, the times when my mother graduated high school, uh, she went to work at the local hospital where she was a nurse's aide mm -hmm. and the war uh, broke, broke out. So she was doing, performing the duties of a nurse, but mm -hmm. without the credentials. Yeah. And when she married, and she loved that, she loved working in the hospital. Yeah. When she married though, she need, uh, needed to quit work and go live on the farm and do those farm duties. Right. And um, so I think after, I'm the oldest of three, and my sisters were in high school by that time, and she went back to the hospital to work uh, oh, yeah. as a nurse's aide again. Mm -hmm. And that was that's when she said, I'm finally contributing to the family. Oh. Which I, I really <laughs> thought was so, yeah. such as kind of a sad commentary because she had been obviously contributing yeah. enormously for the, her entire uh, married life. Yeah. But there's that sense of, you know, if I'm not working, bringing in money, then I must not be do, holding my, doing Don't my you share. Think that, that that really was the mentality that, that the woman at home or the one taking care and raising the kids was not appreciated. Mm -hmm. And I think now that we have the younger generation where husbands are helping and recognizing how difficult it is and both both husband and wife are working outside the home and both of them have to do home, mm -hmm. you know, raising the kids. I think that it is changing a little bit in our society. I can see it in my niece and nephew and family members mm -hmm. that it is better than that. Um, but my, my mom and dad were kind of like, like yours, Gail, because my father was a furrier and he was the old time furrier that you know, and I hate to say it, but if anybody from Laguna Beach would hear me, they'd shoot me. But um, I had fur coats because it was so damn cold in Wisconsin and Chicago. <laughs> and my dad was one of those old time furriers. We'd go to the mink farm, pick out the minks. He'd lay out the skins. But anyway, he was the artisan and my mother ran the business. She was the one who would say, Do the coat need to be stored? She would come in and say, look how beautiful that looks on you, you know. But um, so she really did all the work that, you know, ran the business. But my dad was the artist. He was the uh -huh. one who did that. So, you know, so we've all had mothers that were strong in their own way, right? Yes. And they Definitely. were all really out there. They weren't just, you know, take care of me, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hardly. Oh, no. Hardly is right. Yes, no. No. Yeah, they were hard working, whether it was in the home or outside the home or whatever they were doing. So, so what is, what do you think is, you know, when they were our age, what were they doing? Like when, my mother worked, um, I think into her late sixties, I'm not sure, maybe even to her seventies, but then she was dying to retire, you know, just uh -huh. really looking forward to it worked very hard her whole life. Um, how, how about your moms? My mom really kept the family going. She was the one who, she entertained all the time. She had uh, parties, She people flocked to our house, 
you know how how families have a place they go it was our house where everybody went yeah we, because my mother was married to when my mother and sister were my mother and her sister were married to my father and her brother and his brother so they we were, were a very close-knit family right we, yeah. we were a core we always called our our cousins double cousins yeah and so, mm -hmm. and so but so she never did go back to work she stayed at home she was definitely needed to be there and um and i think you know my father was able to do what he did and accomplish what he could because she was the one who kept the family together right yeah and she lived till she was 92. God so my mother her. is uh, 94 and she's been widowed for about 14 years Hmm. Uh, but my father had a major heart attack when he was 41. Oh my gosh. And, um, and then he, he tried con to continue farming, but he had to retire when he was 50. So he liked to say that he enjoyed poor health for, you know, many, many years. Hmm. They, so they retired, you know, so early and they, um, they just enjoyed each other. They had, yeah. they went fishing, they did some traveling, they took care of their grandchildren. Uh, so she's, for the last many years, she has been uh, very oriented to, to family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lucky she's still alive. I'm yeah. very lucky. Yeah, my mom passed when she was 80, which now, it, and you know, she was really, her, you know, her mental state was perfect. She just, she had a stroke. Mm -hmm. so that yeah. was, uh, that was pretty much it. But um but yeah, I think we can look at them and, you know, we've only got about three minutes left. And I guess I, what I'd like to think about is how we can tell people now that we're at our age and we have kids that are grown, um, you know, basically what, what do we want to, to tell people about women in their seventies? What do we want them to know? <laughs> well, I think we want them to know that that women in their 70s are curious, they're constantly learning, they are um, so reclaiming some uh, in early inter interest from early lives, they're trying new things, they are resilient, as Gail said about herself, they're in yeah. incredibly resilient, and are always looking for ways to continue to make a difference, large and small. Right. The what women we interview, the women we interview are absolutely amazing. They're, uh, they're reinventing themselves. They are resilient. They are continuing their passions. They continue to work in, in social justice and a lot of them travel a lot. Uh, we have one woman who is in her 90s who is, continues to do huge art installations, even from her wheelchair. Wow. She's 97. She's 97, that's right. And uh, so, so, you know, it, it gives you great hope. And, and you just want women to be able to take the skills that they've had and use them in different ways that bring them satisfaction. You don't only have to get satisfaction from work, or you can keep working and you can work in different ways. Right, right. I think to keep the mind going and to keep, like you were saying, curious. And I, I think the other thing is, is that people who are younger maybe can learn something from us, you know? Not that we know it all, because we, I mean, I learned so much 
technical stuff from my paralegal and my kids teach yeah. me. But I think that, you know, our society hasn't really honored the elderly so much. And we may be elderly in age, but we're surely not elderly in our energy and in our minds. That's and right. And I think there, there needs to be more of this cross instruction to each other. Yes, yes. Cross, you know, enlightenment, so to speak. I feel the one thing I wish I, I knew now, what, I wish I knew then what I know now, right? When I was 30 or 40, because I feel like I, I, I'm far more enlightened than I was then. I still have a ways to go, but we are just about out of time. So I want you to give your websites and then we will, you know, continue the conversation another time. Just to um, reinforce that our, our podcast, we believe is very relevant to women uh, younger than 70, 50s, exactly. 60s. So it's yeah. www.womenover70.com. Yeah. And I just want to reiterate what you just said. That's the whole point is that people can learn so much from each of you as well as your guests. So thank you so much for joining us and uh, we will be in touch and I can't wait to be on your show. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management or the UC Board of Regents. You gotta fight both night and day.